and here we are. <laughs> I had to come in. My bad. We got to stop doing that. People are going to be so like, good. oh my God, the sirens again. What the fuck? <laughs> All right. That was the last one. That was the last one. All right. All right. <laughs> no, that was the last one. <laughs> I feel right. like mine sounds like a dying dog, <laughs> like an animal that just needs to be put out of its misery. <laughs> Everybody, let's have a moment for my dying dog voice. Right. <laughs> oh my God, you did too now. We already promised no more. Okay. All right. All right. Let's give the people what they want. All right. Let's do that. And so... Are we going to just start off? Are we going to start from the beginning yeah, man, again? Yeah, man. Let's just, let's just go roll fucking, into it. Let's just roll right on into it. Michelle, tell me about your first few years in the Army. And also, your joining experience yeah. prior to. That was an episode in itself. Yeah. So, do you know where it left off? I'm like... I mean, I feel like you just have to start all just over. Just start from the beginning. So I tried to join beginning. when I was 18 and straight out of high school. But unfortunately, I failed the drug test. That, yeah, I was like puffing it up. So Fucking John Blazing. Yeah, I was. Smoking them tweeds. So fail the drug test and because of that you have to wait a whole year so within that year of me waiting to join again I had successfully done probably at, or been associated with as many illegal things that I could possibly be I was dancing in the clubs I was stealing shit I was that's, that's when I was stealing cars selling them to like chop shops i did that like once or twice um but the biggest thing you that are happened... a fucking <laughs> hopper thug <laughs> i tried to be i wasn't about that life you know thug life i ain't choose the thug life thug life chose me you know what i'm saying but anyways i didn't want to live that way anymore so all right my boyfriend at the time was quote-unquote gang affiliated and his cousin ended up murdering somebody <clears throat> and so what happened was I was kind of you know I was talking to them when everything happened and somehow I got caught up with being associated with the murder out the cops were coming to my house and um, basically threatening me with accessory after the fact. So my dad, who was pretty much just over me and my criminal lifestyle, decides he's going to send me off to live with my family in L.A., where my mom's family was. My Even mom better. was, yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> that's the place you want to send a fucking criminal teenager to. But whatever. So I think he really was partially doing it also to just kind of get me out of the area and to get away from all the people that I had kind of gone downhill with. So 
I go to LA, my mom's there helping her family. It was my Korean side. They were setting up, trying to get, you know, set up with, you know, finances, housing, all that stuff. So I went and lived with them for about two, three months. I got a job at Blackbuster. <laughs> RIP oh, Blackbuster. Man. I miss Blockbuster, man. <laughs> and if my... I had a drink, I would pour some out for Blockbuster right now. <laughs> Yo, I was fucking putting them fucking Damn cassette you, tapes <laughs> in alphabetical order like a mug. <laughs> That was my sole purpose in life. That's what you do. You put the. Remember, they had everything in alphabetical order. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. Also so separated by category. Yes, absolutely. So, did that in. Going back to Neps and trying to join the army again because my my year had lapsed, and you know this time around I was good. I passed the drug test, but because I had <laughs> a criminal background, <laughs> I had like <laughs> six jobs I could choose from. <laughs> and like one of them was um, parachute rigger. So I was actually supposed to come in as a rigger. So I join, I go to basic in April. I break my foot in basic training. Nice. <laughs> nice. They send me home. I break my foot at like week six. So I only had like, it was such a like demoralizing event. So anyways, go through basic, get to AIT and I ended up making it to AIT with the potential to go be a parachute rigger. Well, for riggers, you have to pass pre-airborne, then go to airborne, and then go through training. And it was like, I remember seeing, <laughs> it was like this weird scene where there were like these, a lot of them were these little females. They were like smaller than me. You know, I'm short. So like, they were like broken. They were like, had casts, hip issues, they were like in crutches, and some of them had been there for like four, five, six months trying to pass that pre-airborne wow. training. And I was just, after two weeks of not being able to pass the standards, I was like, uh, yeah, I don't want to do this. <laughs> like, I'm not trying which to is even here. more which is even more interesting for where you ultimately ended up when our yeah, no shit so I you know I opted out of the MOS because that was one of the few MOS's where you could just be like yeah fuck that I'm not trying to do this job um and so they gave me two options they're like all right you could be a fueler or you could be a cook <laughs> I was like, I'm uh, definitely not cooking shit. So you learn it. So yeah, when I finally got to my first duty station, which was Fort Sill, Oklahoma. Uh, yeah, no shit. Of all the places, I didn't even know where Oklahoma was on the fucking map, my dumbass. I was like, where's Oklahoma? <laughs> 
So get there. And because I had went through so much shit to join the army, I really was trying my hardest to just be a good soldier. Like I really didn't want to get into a lot of trouble. By the eye. <laughs> I did get in trouble, but just not like crazy. Like, <laughs> you know, I had my little moments, but nothing. I didn't start fucking up until I got to Campbell and like I was an E5 and an E6. Campbell will do it to you. No, man, that op tempo and people there, like you got stupid leaders. But yeah, that yeah. was, I mean, for the most part, private buff was pretty decent. Specialist like buff it. was good too. Um, it's when I became sergeant and staff sergeant buff is when I just started kind of <laughs> testing the waters of nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so you 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 need to tell us about your you know how you joined and Okay. So uh story. There I was, little Louisiana Amy in New Orleans and uh so by the time I was 15 I got locked up in juvenile correctional facility mm. for stealing cars <laughs> and uh doing a lot of other ratchet fucking hood rat shit and while I was incarcerated I got my GED and, you know, I was pretty proud of that. It was like, all right, maybe I am going to do something with my life. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, so, right. So when I got out of jail, I was 16, had my GED. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to try this college thing out. So I actually did a semester at a community college in New Orleans as a fine arts major. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> Because I was super into art growing up, you know, neither here nor there. But um, I just decided that college just wasn't for me. And instead of going to school, I would just hop on a bus and go to St. Bernard Parish and hang out with my friend Kim and get high all day and then go home. Fucking Kim. <laughs> yeah. And my mom, when I would get home, my mom would be like, you fucking look high. And she sounded <laughs> like that. And I'd be like, what are you talking about? I was at school all day. I had class. <laughs> Eventually, I stopped bringing a backpack with me everywhere. So <laughs> Jig was up at that point. Oh, my God. So, you know, she started talking to me about, you know, you need to get your shit together and stop doing all this hood rat shit. And you need to get a job. So I got a job. And this is the only other job that I've had outside of the army as a hostess for a restaurant in the French Quarter. I remember uh, you told me about it. it yeah, I went to that it restaurant. Called, it was called the Orleans Cafe at the yeah. time. Yeah. And it oh, was it's owned. It's the same, right? No, it's not. And it was owned by a Greek family who knew my family and <laughs> hence how I got the job. <laughs> Didn't even know there were more Greek families in fucking New Orleans <laughs> other than us. So, and I mean, the owners loved me. The fucking, the, the, the children of the owners who worked there, they loved me too. So I was a hostess and I had a really raunchy ass fucking manager, man. And 
He would always try and invite me out to do fucking coke after fucking work. And oh I'm like, my nah, God. bro. I'm like, nah, you ain't getting into these pants, bro. Oh, like, was he? It's not. He was like 33. So gross. Here I am. Here I am. Now 17 years yeah. old. I'm and like, we wonder why gross. there's a Me Too movement going on right now. Because right? <laughs> right? motherfuckers like that. Yeah. yeah. So anyways... One night, I was down in the French Quarter, fucking on Bourbon Street, fucking around with my friends, doing hood rat shit, getting high, fucking bar hopping at the tender age of 17, because I knew everybody down there, and I could do it. And I happened to run into this dude that I went to high school with, and we had actually gotten suspended together at the same time (laughs) for being in our art class and throwing our portfolios at our teacher, Miss Bourgeois, because... (laughs) We didn't want to fucking do the shit. She wanted to tell us how to do what we were doing. We're like, how is that enabling our creativity? You don't want me to do it this way? You fucking do it. So I threw my portfolio at her. He also flipped out in class. And we got suspended at the same time. So anyways, I see him on Bourbon Street. And I'm like, oh shit. Like, what the fuck is up? Like, what are you doing these days? And he was like, man, I joined the army. And I'm going to Germany. And I was like, fuck, I want to go to Germany. So the next day, I had no idea about like federal holidays or things of that nature back in that, you know, when I was that young. So the following day, it was, um, what's that holiday in September? Labor Day? Yeah. Yeah, Labor Day. So that, when I got home the following morning, I told my mom, I was like, I'm going to join the army. And she thought I was lying. She was like, you ain't doing shit. I was like... (laughs) I was like, wow, way to motivate me, mom. Really appreciate your enthusiasm and support. So Monday comes around and it was Labor Day and I go through the phone book and I call every recruiter from every branch that I could find. And nobody called me back that day. So I felt felt pretty defeated. But again, I had no idea that it was a federal holiday. Mm. Didn't, Didn't even care. I think it was the next day or maybe the following day, maybe a couple days later, the army recruiter called me back and I don't even remember this motherfucker's name. All I know is that he had me lie a whole bunch on my contract (laughs) (laughs) to fucking get me in. Um, So yeah. I was just about to ask like with your background. Oh, yeah. Did you we have to like so go much. through like no, the I didn't waiver process or anything? No, I didn't. no, because all my charges were as a juvenile. Ah, uh, okay. So but see, I, I had, had charges as a juvenile and I had to get a waiver to no, get in. I didn't. I didn't. LA Shady recruiters. Up. Yeah, man. <laughs> so, anyways, so. I, you know, I start prepping for the ASVAB. Well, really, I didn't do any prepping. I continued drinking and getting high. Let's just be honest. Yes. I didn't study. Very I just, nice. I kept, I kept doing life as usual. And my mom just, she did not believe that I was going to join the military until the recruiter came to the house to pick me up to take me to MEPS. And, wow. And had her sign the contract for me. But I'm telling you what. As much as she did not believe that I was joining the military, that bitch was at GNC buying everything possible to flush <laughs> my system so I could pass that fucking drug test. Way to go. Here's for moms, right? They always yeah, come man. through. Hey man, she was a solid she was a solid broad. Yeah. 
rest in peace, mother. R.I.P. Amy's mom. Yeah, man, my dad was kind of the same way. I, th- I think because he was in the military, too. You know, he retired. And he also, he really didn't seem like super support. I'm not going to say he didn't seem supportive. I think he just didn't believe I was going to, A, go, and B, make it through. <laughs> he was like pretty he was just kind of like waiting for me to not succeed um because that was such a way to go man my dad so my dad again served 20 years retired well he served 18 retired as e7 he didn't go to any of my graduations until airborne school. That was the very first graduation. And I had already been in for 10 years by then. I had, <laughs> I graduated basic training, AIT twice, cause I reclassed, aerosol school, you know, B-knock, A-knock. He didn't go to none of that shit. He didn't give a fuck. <laughs> but airborne school, I think, is when he was like, all right, this bitch might actually make this shit a career. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe I'll go show some support. She is third generation airborne. I'm pretty proud about that. So... I remember. I remember. Yeah. But he did come to my... Michelle's dad. Yeah. R.I.P. Marlon, man. That fucking guy. He did come to my homecomings whenever I redeployed home. He did do that. I will say that. He was there for those. Yeah, man. So that's our our beginnings, right? Of who we were and the start of the the growth of us, right? Because we were fucking shitheads yeah man we were a fuck ton of nothing and going nowhere fast like textbook poster children for what not to fucking do when you're a teenage girl what do you not want to do what how do you not succeed at life like exactly everything me and amy did in the beginning That is true. It did, however, shape me, and I think you'll say the same, into being, you know, like I said, because of all of those hardships, I appreciated, you know, my career a little bit more. Now, I signed up for two years, so my initial enlistment was was the shortest possible enlistment that you could do so when I came in I really wasn't planning on staying that long you know I don't think any any of us do really and after that first year that first year was my fucking all my training by the time I got to my my unit it was time for me your re-enlistment window was open (laughs) it was it was they were like hey bud you're gonna re-enlist I was like no I'm not I'm gonna get out and then I got pregnant, you know? Damn. Got us. Yeah. And I, I, still, I still was like convinced. I was like, no, I'm going to get out. I'll raise my kid. I'm going to go to New York City and live my best life there with an infant <laughs> at the ripe age of 21 with a background in pumping gas. <laughs> 
Yeah, that reality set in real quick when I was like, maybe that's not. You could have been a gas not... station attendant. Yeah. You know they got those. Oh, up there. come on. You know, there's always that that hype story with Army Fuelers where you can go get a job at the airport and make really good. Shut the fuck up. All right, that is not. No. So I I, I was like, you know what? Maybe I should reassess this plan and at least stay in for a little bit longer. They got medical. That might help with the baby. And maybe I should change jobs. <laughs> so I decided to go into a little bit more of a marketable field. And that's when I switched over to be a... You know, I... Electronics I, maintenance. Once I, once I actually, like, got to training and shit and saw what my job really was. So, I signed up to be a fucking chemical specialist. Chemical, biological, radiological, and nuclear specialist, right? Sounds so fucking cool. And when I read... The description in that fat ass book at Maps. I was like, "All right, it sounds like I'm gonna be working in a lab somewhere, and I can probably use that to come home and make a new drug and get that shit out on the streets and make money." What the fuck, man? When I got to training and found out I was a professional fucking car washer, <laughs> I was so sorely disappointed. I was like, this ain't what I signed the fuck up for. Yeah. Hence why I decided to go AWOL and go home for Mardi Gras. Because <laughs> my priorities were still straight. Like, this ain't it right here. <laughs> <laughs> you got me all the way fucked up. I didn't sign yeah, up to be doing this all shit. All the fucking way. I was like, um, excuse me, where's the lab and my white lab coat? <laughs> where are the test tubes for me to begin? Yeah, where's all the beakers? <laughs> these these concoctions that I'm going to be putting where's together. All the, where's all the fucking scientific equipment? <laughs> Oh man, that's good shit right there. And you know what? But it's so sad because I stayed a professional car washer my whole entire career. <laughs> only because I was too lazy to try and reclass. I, I mean, like, nah, that's too much work. You guys had good promotion potential though, right? And that was the reason why I stayed in the MLS. Yeah. That's the reason why I did it. I was like, you know what? I'ma just fucking, I'ma do this shit for my enlistment. And then I did it for another enlistment and another one after that. Yeah, man. I mean, I think my, my, my mindset was like, okay, I'm not going to stay in. So I want a job that's going to be cool out there. So that's when I was like, ooh, special electronics repair. That sounds cool. That sounds like I could get a good job out of it. Well, fuck unbeknownst to me like promotions sucked balls and i was like stuck as an e5 for like five years i think you were you said you made staff sergeant at what four or five years four years yeah it took i didn't hit staff sergeant until i was eight years in the game and by then i was like salty and like <laughs> real like 
bitter towards the other MOSs that were getting picked up for just breathing. But I mean, it still you turned know, out pretty good. Breathing is hard sometimes. It is. It's a chore. It can be for some people. But you know, I think all the choices that I made, I'm, I'm, I definitely don't regret any of them. Yeah, I mean, you know, I feel like you're, you're, you do regret some of your choices. <laughs> That's the part where you're supposed to be like, yeah, man, me too, no regrets. But you're like, uh, definitely no, got my, some regrets back there. My look, my my rhetoric to your comment would be no regrets. <laughs> Tattooed across my forehead. <laughs> I fucking love it. That should be our next tattoo. Oh no my regrets. god. No regrets. Hey, we're I I feel like we should end this on that high note and not drag right, it out. Yeah, you're right, you're right. You know. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> until next time. No regrets. <laughs> even fucking say it. Bye! <laughs> Bye! <laughs>